0: Raise your hand if you grew up hearing, Oh no, you can't do that. What will people say? Or, Lo kya I thought this was a thing of the past, but it's still going strong and not just in the South Asian community. I love talking to people and finding out interesting tidbits of information about them. Yes, I'm curious, but mostly just fascinated with people who don't really care what anyone else thinks. Forget societal norms. I'm here to introduce them to you. These men and women have broken free of cultural or familial expectations and are doing the most out-of-the-box things. Whether it's the Pakistani woman, like me, with a master's degree in education who started a cleaning company, or a college professor who started a fashion brand, you'll be inspired and amazed to hear their stories and how they're living the truest and most authentic life completely against the grain. I am your host, Farnaz Dar, and we're talking about going against the grain. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another episode of the Going Against the Grain podcast. My name is Barnaz Dar, and I am here with yet another amazing person who has done things in her own way, thought outside of the box, went against the grain. Folks, I'd like you to meet Liz Vasquez. Hey there, Liz. Hello.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. It's my pleasure. I know that we've been trying to do this for a while, and I'm glad that we finally got to it. Guys, Liz is a small business owner here in the Pennsylvania area. She's the co-founder of North Penn Parents Special Education Alliance. She's a wife and a mother of two beautiful children, which I can attest to because I've seen them. She's an engaged and active member of the local community and local school board, previously a substitute teacher. She was an on-site coordinator for Family Matters Community Center in Connecticut and many other organizations in Pennsylvania, She just knowing her, we worked together briefly many, many years ago, connected almost immediately and just have kept in touch and follow one another on social media ever since. And when I thought about somebody who went against the grain, she was on the short list right away because boy, oh boy, does she have some things to share. So thank you again. I look forward to speaking with you here and sharing all of your, your journey of how you've done things. If you wouldn't mind. Starting out by telling us a little bit of your backstory. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times the idea of like, oh, what are people going to say? Or what are people going to think? Like from a South Asian point of view is like how we roll or how people roll, especially the older generation, which I don't know if I'm a part of right now, but I don't think I'm a part of. Anyway, <laughs> am I with them or am I still back with them? <laughs> anyway, but the point is that the whole concept of what are people going to say is universal. And as I've come across speaking to more and more people, like every culture, every society seems to have their version of it. So it doesn't matter where you come from, but it does matter too, because I want to showcase that it is something that's universal. So please, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about your backstory, where did you grow up, how you came to the U.S., all of that kind of thing.
1: Okay. Hi, everyone. Okay. So I came here. I'm an immigrant. Obviously, because Fernaz gave you a little introduction to that. But I came over when I was six years old, back in the 80s. And my parents were actually leaving Angola. That's where our birth country is during the Civil War back in 75. So they were fleeing from that and they ended up living in Botswana. And that is in the southern part of Africa. So we were there for a couple of years. And then we were sponsored to come here to the United States. So we ended up coming here to the United States back in 82. And that's where it all started. The journey started a whole new country, different culture, different people, different environment. So it was an interesting journey.
0: Let me ask you, Liz, where did you guys land when you came here? And did you have a community of Angolans that you linked up with immediately? The reason I ask is because I'm in an area here in Lansdale, as you are as well, where there's a lot of Bangladeshi people Mm -hmm. and It just seems like when they migrated over, somehow they were all magnetized here, or somehow like a good big community developed here in Lansdale. So I'm just wondering if you found more Angolans wherever you landed.
1: Right. No, we landed in New York in I believe it was either Laguardia or JFK. I think it was Laguardia, and we ended up going to Bridgeport, Connecticut. And during that time, there were no Angolans that we knew of that were there. We actually came from. Botswana with other Angolans and during the time that people were coming over from like Botswana different groups of people Angolans we were spread out throughout the United States so there was a bunch of us that started our journey together we left there together and we started in the same place together but and there wasn't anybody that we knew of that was Angolan that was already here
0: so how did that work out with your parents meaning we landed in the south my parents landed in Alabama We were amongst the first, my sister was the first foreign child born in the hospital or in that town, I believe, in that little town of Alabama. And there was one uncle and one like little family that my parents found that were Pakistani or Indian or something. And that was like their community. That was who they're going to hang out with on the weekends. And the other thing was, because there were so few others around at home, coming home from school, you're wearing Pakistani clothes. The idea of wearing pants and a shirt at home, it's like... Not happening you could <laughs> on to your culture at home, no matter what. So was that what was going on in your family as well? Or was it go out there and assimilate and be an American?
1: It, no, no, It was like that. It was very like you're here. Yes. But you're you still can't forget where you come from. So, yes, yeah, you are still Angolan uh-huh. and still doing what we had to do. But that was life for us. And we that's all we knew. Yeah. Yeah, It was interesting because as a child, you want to do everything like everyone else. And that, those opportunities were given to me by my parents, but they always wrangled me and like, okay, we saw this is what our beliefs are. This is how we do things. Yeah. That's how my childhood was.
0: Yeah. And how were you as a student?
1: Honestly, it wasn't hard for us to really adjust because we spoke, we were, thank, thankfully, we spoke English. Uh. Is that so the well, we official language? No, our yeah. official language is Portuguese. living like in Botswana, you know, you have to learn English. Okay. I mean, that the native language, but we learned English along the way. Interesting. So, yeah. So, yeah. Do you, British, do you speak Portuguese? I do. speak I'm fluent. Any other languages or? I speak Spanish, a little okay. Spanish. You know, okay. To get by. All right. <laughs> I studied Italian. Got gotcha. I can gotcha. really integrate, but I don't, it's I haven't nice. found anyone to really speak to.
0: All right, right. So I'm wondering, like, as you're progressing in school, you're doing well. You're a natural, like, charismatic person. I'm sure you charmed all your teachers and all of that stuff. Were your parents steering you in any sort of direction? Did they have any sort of expectations or <laughs> desires for your career path or education?
1: Yeah, my parents always expected me to go to college and become a doctor a nurse. Those were the biggest ones. A doctor or a lawyer. Okay. You know? No, we're about to say nurse, though. Or a nurse, oh, like but in the the nurse normal, is like we'll be slightly yeah, below, right? Yeah. But we're gonna take it to yeah, it's gonna be the top of the top, and that's the doctor. Oh, okay, right, right. And, yeah. You
0: know, were you okay with that? Is that what did, is that where you were headed to?
1: Yeah, it was fine. I was fine with that because I always wanted to be like a pediatrician, okay, something in the medical field. So I was I was okay with that.
0: Yeah. But that's not what you became, Liz. You're not a pediatrician.
1: No, I'm
0: no, so, so how did that all happen? Like you were, what happened with that? How did you make the decision to say, you know what? I know what you want from me, but I think I have to do this instead. Exactly. Walk us through.
1: Right. I started off in school, obviously. And in the initial acceptance, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do pre-med or whatever. And then I changed majors. And then I ended up saying, you know what, things aren't really working for me in school right now. So I ended up leaving and that hmm. was not something that my parents were happy with. I don't right. really want to be happy. They were not happy at all. So then the journey began of how I'm here today. How did
0: that conversation even go? And by the way, full disclosure, we, you love your parents all as well. This is not about any kind of like parent bashing or saying anything negative. My, my parents as well had their dreams and goals for me, and I had to like gently navigate how to like steer myself and live my own life. But what was that conversation like? And what did you hear when you were like, Hey, folks, listen, I'm going to college on pause for now and do something else? Like what kind of things were you hearing from your parents?
1: It wasn't good at all because I lived on campus for a few years Mm -hmm. and then I was no longer on campus. And full disclosure, I wasn't being responsible as a responsible college student. So you know what happened, right now? You're not being responsible and I can't live on campus. And then that's where it all started.
0: Er, I
1: started to understand that like I would have to commute back and forth and I wasn't taking a full load and it was one semester I was taking like two classes and it started to go down and then there was like no class. They're like, okay, what's going on here? Here I am and I just got to do what I have to do. And then the the patient never went well at all. And until this day, it still doesn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but that's very interesting because the work that you did
0: start doing, It was about education, right? You're just not on the receiving side of it, you're on the giving side. So, tell us how you left college and started working towards working with children and school.
1: Yeah, actually, for me, it all started in church. Even before I went to college, I was a camp counselor at a a stay away camp where people send their children off to summer Mm -hmm. camp. And I started the journey there. And then after I left college, I ended up getting a job at the community center, which was based in our church at the bottom level of our church. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got the position of an onsite coordinator and at times a preschool teacher. So Mm -hmm. that is where camp and then getting that actual job at the community center is where I decided that, you know what, I absolutely love this job and I love these children. So I was able to just, continue the journey on that way Mm -hmm. and family and friends and everyone was supportive now that you'd found your little friends are always supportive sure but when you have parents who are (laughs) of a whole nother level of culture right it's never good enough yeah they're never satisfied so i always find myself still trying to defend you know what I've done in life, as grown and as an adult as I am. <laughs>
0: Once again, yeah, yeah, that's never going to end. My mom reminds me of that, and all the time. Are you the eldest in your family? Or I am. You have siblings? Yeah, I am. Yeah, same here. So they definitely have a lot. By the time my my younger brother, I have four four siblings. So by the time the youngest is is there, she's just like, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, he's doing his things. Bernadis Bernadis is where we have all of our expectations lying and stuff like that.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's exactly how it is now, and it's like my dad. I'm the oldest of three, okay. and then the baby. And I'm starting to think that maybe our parents got tired at the last one, and they were like, right. well like the expectations that they had for their oldest sure. kind of got watered down as they went further mm-hmm. down with having more children right. and yeah they're always calling on me like you're the oldest yeah you, you need to talk to, to your speak. siblings and
0: yes there was a comedian i saw a video of i wish i could remember his name but he was talking about how so i was talking to my my younger sister who apparently her best friends are my parents and I'm going on and on about, like, how she has this relationship with them that are, like, so friendly. And meanwhile, he's afraid to, like, never do anything or say anything against them. And it's so darn true. Like, these younger ones, and I'm probably guilty of it with my youngest kid here, too, who gets away with a lot. Just because I cut the time. They don't have the energy anymore. So I can totally understand that. All right. But we digress. We digress. Let's ask for Here's a question I have for you. In talking to people more and more about this whole conversation, I am finding that it's easier to go against the grain, do your own thing, when there's someone who is a strong cheerleader or supporter. Have you found that person? Who is that person for you? And how has that person helped you go on, if you will?
1: Yeah, my strongest supporter, honestly, is my husband. Yeah. He actually is... He's one of those guys who... He says, Liz, you know what? Whatever you want, try it and just see how it goes. Mm -hmm. I'll support whatever you want. Just try it. So that's how I move. I'm like, hey, honey, this is what I'm thinking. And he's like, all right, well, go ahead and try it. And then it just builds up. And if it's something that is great, then we keep it going. If it doesn't work, then we fall back a little bit and then start over and try something new. But yeah, I would say that my husband is really my big that's, that's amazing that's fantastic do believe it or not oh, here.
0: I do believe it I do believe it one of these stories we'll have to have a conversation of if I get a chance to tell my story it'll be like mom is there as the biggest. what are people going to say but then she's also there to be like yes yes go for it and she herself did so much out of the box stuff so anyway yeah, but know. this is about you this is not about me <laughs> what were the things that you did Early on with your husband's support and encouragement, what were some of the things that you did that were unexpected or maybe out of the box?
1: Yeah, my husband and I very early on, I ended up getting a job at when we lived in Florida for about nine years, I ended up getting a job at the Boys and Girls Club of America. And it was a local branch there. And I moved up from being just a regular child, child care worker, whatever. And then I ended up Getting a promotion within a year to become an interim director for another lady that was going through she was battling an illness at that time, and so I became the interim director. And then from there, I ended up getting another promotion to be a director of my own club. And so he always supported that. He was always like, "Whatever makes you happy, to do it." And he did. And then eventually, during that time that we that I was a director, I ended up expecting a child and at that time he got offered a position here in Pennsylvania and he was like okay everything was happening all at the same time it was kind of like oh my gosh it's taking us so long to just have a child and so what are we going to do so I ended up telling him hey look you know what take the position I'm going to take the position however I can't leave I have to stay here in you can't, can't leave my babies yeah because they were my children. Like those, all of those kids, all (laughs) 70 something of those kids were my children. And I was expecting my very first child. So my husband, he didn't fight me on any of it. He said, okay, whatever you want, we'll do. And then I ended up staying in Florida all nine months pregnant by myself.
0: Oh oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness.
1: He had full disclosure. His mom and dad and his siblings were there. Sure. I was there without my husband. Yeah. And I did it because I loved the kids and I believed in them so much that I couldn't just let go.
0: So how did you finally let go? Because you are here in Pennsylvania now.
1: Yeah, I finally let go because I was like, all right, we have the baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can't live this life. Right. And so we were like, okay, my time here is done. This chapter yeah. is closed and I am going to be with, my husband and my son, our son, in Pennsylvania, and so that's where that story, that chapter, closed. Wait, how long has it been? How long have you been in PA now? Been here fifteen years.
0: Fifteen years. I think you and I are yeah. almost the same. Yeah. He, came, um, he
1: was only a month old. This one. Wow.
0: Yeah. Oh, your son is fifteen now. He is. Just, oh my gosh. Oh my and gosh. Smaller like, than me now. <laughs> I. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny when that happens, right? So tell me how, okay, so now when your son is here, you're in PA, you had joined the Boys and Girls Club, because that's where you and I met when I was there for a short amount of time as well. And, but now you're doing better and better things. You've got all this stuff going on. Walk me through a little bit about what you decided once you were here. How did you decide to
1: start some businesses and things like that? Right. I decided to start my, my actual LV Confections and Catering is my business. Uh And I decided that once we had our second child, our daughter, she wasn't making her milestones. So, of course, you take her to the doctor and all this. And they were kind of like, we want her to get tested. And it ended up being that she was diagnosed with autism. Mm -hmm. So I had to make that hard decision on whether I was going to be the parent that is going to just stay home with the kids. Because whenever you have a diagnosis like this or other things going on with your child, there needs to be a flexible parent, someone who's sure. going to be able to go to doctor's visits and appointments and all those things. Mm-hmm. So that's where both of us decided that I would be the would be best for me to just stay home. Isn't... And with that being said, I've oh, I always worked. Yes. And I said, not that my husband was pushing me to go work, but sure. I said, you know what? You don't have to work. But I said, OK, guess what? I'm going to just start trying to look. How would you ask your coworkers if they would buy dinners and right. that's where it all started. Here I am cooking out of my little tiny apartment kitchen and the baby who was only like three months at the time, two or three months, making all these platters and taking them all the way to Horsham and making my money there. And then when she, when my our daughter came along, I was like, you know what? I might as well just continue doing it. And that's where it all started. It was because of my, the fact that I had to stay home and that being okay what's not working is where the business started.
0: Okay, so now I can't help but wonder, family support, parents, what are they thinking about this new little a little gig you got going on here?
1: You already know. Okay. <laughs> these, these cultural parents. You know, yeah. They were like, okay, that's fine. But when are you going back to school?
0: Still. So, still talking about going back to school. Wow.
1: We understand. We love you. Yeah. You know, you got to go back to school.
0: Okay. Yeah, but okay. why? Why? I I can't. I think I know why. But why for your parents was creating a business from scratch that you are able to balance with your family and your children not good enough? And why was the degree
1: still something that was like the missing piece? I think for them, and I think I could speak for like other cultures, Mm -hmm. it's all about status. And of course, you don't want your child to struggle. Sure, And having a degree will open many doors. And I think that's really what, that was really, I think, the main reason. It's status and my child and having the pride of a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was all of those things for sure. But it's, I guess, parents, especially the ones who've immigrated here as adults, are just not recognizing that there
1: are so many
0: other things outside of the box that you're able to do and be really, really depends on your definition of success, right? Everyone has their own definition of success. Is it a piece of paper that came from a very expensive university or is it fulfillment in life and work and balance and all of that kind of stuff? I know for me, it's the latter. I want to have a balance in all aspects of my life and things like that. But yeah, I think the times are turning a little and people are shifting. Maybe our generation will like encourage our kids to follow their dreams and not necessarily put a big old student loan debt under their belt and carry that along. All right. So parents are needing your food and loving your foods for sure and proud of you for doing that. But still, like a little piece of the jigsaw puzzle is missing there. There's a big gaping hole. But so now LV Confections, I know that I've ordered from you before and I know how delicious
1: and yummy it is. That's what of has taken off for you, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, it really has taken off. Yeah, There's- And surprisingly enough, it took off, like really took off <laughs> during COVID. Sure. But honestly, yeah. I worked during COVID. I only worked once a week. Wow. And I only worked on Saturdays. So during those two years that we were all locked down or whatever is where I did the most work and was the most productive.
0: That's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. What's your, what's your best selling thing or what are you known for? I know oh, what I know you for, but.
1: <laughs> I'm known for now the empanadas. Er,
0: yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. A lot of people love the empanadas. Yeah. Or- And I always tell them they're all made with love.
0: This goes back to that discussion about parents and us being able to see outside of the box. You are checking so many of your things that fulfill you by making something with love and having something that people are demanding. And you're able to say, oh, sold out. Can't have any more today. That's always a great feeling. (laughs) So something like that. Yeah, that's and. I know that you talked about maybe an outside facility or a restaurant or a food truck or something. Are those still dreams in the works?
1: Yes, I do. I was thinking of doing something along the lines of a food truck. It's not a food truck, a little tiny cafe.
0: Oh, cute. Yeah. That
1: cafe would really be in honor of my daughter Uh because she has a developmental disability. And I really want to reach out to that community and bring them in because they are a part of our community. Yeah. And really see them. You know, you don't see many out there. And yeah. you have to question why. And I believe that they deserve to be seen and mm-hmm. heard. A neurodiverse
0: yeah. cafe, if you will.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. That And it would be international cuisine. Love it. So it would be something different, but like where everyone is welcome. Love it. And now you've got to have be judged because. Yeah your child is crying or it's it, a mm. place for everyone. Absolutely. That's fantastic. That's a perfect seg- segue into
0: your, the business that you co-founded. Tell us a little bit about North Penn Parents Special Education Alliance. Like a mouthful there. Yeah, tell us yeah, about yeah. that.
1: That alliance came about with a bunch of other parents in the district because we were finding that there weren't things for our children on the special education <laughs> department that could really be a part of. Mm-hmm. So we decided, let's co-found this group, let's do this group, where that we could have activities for the community to be a part of. And it wasn't just for special education, it's for their families, their friends. So it's a community effort. So we just started putting events together. Uh-huh. And like every event that we're having, we're gaining more recognition.
0: Nice. And
1: we don't plan on stopping.
0: What has the feedback been from the community? Yeah, yeah,
1: the feedback has been great, especially with those parents who have always felt like their kids weren't welcome or they just didn't feel comfortable with their kids going to other events with mm-hmm. their neurotypical classmates. Mm-hmm. And we created a safe space for these children to be who they are. Love it. You may do things a little differently, but it's okay. You're still right. a child, you're you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And that has also led to, I know you're running for an office. Yes. Tell us a little I, bit about I, that.
1: I'm currently running for the school board. It's been quite an adventure. My husband said, girl, what are you doing? Are you <laughs> not, like, are Did you- I say
0: something like that too? Did <laughs> I think I must've been like, okay, what? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, how I- can I support you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and he said he was like, again, you know, that supportive guy that yeah. my career leader. He says, if that's what you want, then go for it. And honestly, the real reason why I'm doing it is to have a voice for the children that don't have a voice and the families that don't have a voice. Right. My daughter is nonverbal. Mm. She, I hate using the word nonverbal because she does have a few words, but at the end of the day, she cannot come home and tell me how her day was. Mm. She can't tell me things that happen in school. And then there are parents who, like me, I'm an immigrant, but luckily my parents were, they spoke English, so they were able to navigate. Mm. But there are other families coming into our district that don't know how to speak the language. They yeah. just don't know, or if they do speak the language, they don't know questions to ask.
0: Sure, sure. You
1: know, I want to be that voice to come in and say, hey, look, these people matter.
0: Yeah. We yeah. need to
1: hear them and listen to what they have to say and let's help them. And
0: how has the feedback been from people that you speak to and things the like
1: that? feedback has been great. Yeah, the good. has been great for the people that truly know me. Sure. Um, and you have to really get to know me to really know. And even if you don't know me, I think the first time you meet me, you get an idea.
0: Sure. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think people. I'm wondering, and you can definitely correct me if I'm wrong. But they'll see Liz, who has a catering and baking business, and now she's running for office, like on the school board. Like that seems like a little bit of a disconnect, or maybe a reach. But again, they don't know your background, they don't know your passion, they don't know the story behind it. And it's nice to have people underestimate you, and you'd be
1: like, okay, no. I can do this and
0: I'm ready to do it.
1: And it's not only about working for the special education community or the Mm -hmm. non-English speakers. It's about really all of them because I have a son also who is neurotypical. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have any special needs. So to see his experience, I'm seeing this experience in education for them through two different lenses and seeing how it's going for him and how it's not going for my daughter. Right. And that their journey is not going to be the same, but we have to give them the opportunity to make it a meaningful journey. Yeah. 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 So that's where I am and why I'm here. I think that's such a key point where you have
0: two children that are different in, in their journeys through their educational experience. And unfortunately, you're, you hit it right on the head when you said that there's so many immigrants. Our school district is huge. I think our high school itself is bigger than the mall, for goodness sake. And then thousands of kids graduating in one class. The immigrant voices sometimes get lost in that. They don't have advocates who can speak up for them. They don't see people who look like them or have their background being vocal in the school district. So I think that's absolutely such an essential thing. And it's so fantastic that I know someone who is brave enough, courageous enough and also forward thinking enough to go out and do all of this. I wish you all the best. And as I've said before, I want to support you in any way I can. And I'm happy that I'm able to at least bring you on here and have your voice be heard a little bit here. So support. I appreciate that. Anything I can do, girl, anything I can do other than buy cupcakes from you and (laughs) bananas once in a while and things like that. If people wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to find you?
1: Right. You can find me on Facebook, which it's Liz Vasquez, but there are many Liz Vasquez's but you'll find me on there or on Instagram and it is LV Liz like Liz Vasquez confections dot catering or you can you email what? me at Liz Don Vasquez at gmail
0: all of this will be in the show notes for sure Vasquez is spelt in many different ways so we'll make okay. sure we have the correct spelling so that you can have access to Liz So, Liz, you've done so much. Your road has been a little bit windy and twisty, and you've picked up skills and confidences along the way. It's fantastic. If I asked your parents, Mr. and Mrs., what will people say about your lovely daughter, Liz? They'll be like, oh, she did all this fantastic stuff. She wasn't a doctor, and she didn't get the (laughs) doctor done, but she did all of these other amazing things. We're so proud of her. I have no doubt that they'll say that. But I ask you, Liz. When your cupcakes are a long-gone memory and people are sitting around your family talking about Grandma Liz, what do you want them to say about you? Forget about what other people are going to say. What do you want them to say about you and your legacy?
1: Uh, Liz was love. (laughs) Liz was love. Love, acceptance. I accepted people for who they were. Genuine. Selfless. Mm -hmm. Caring. Yeah, and a helper, love it. I can vouch for those. I can speak on those as well. An advocate,
0: yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Jens, thank you so much for spending a little time with us today. I love your story. It's so funny how similar we have the immigrant experience can be, especially those who came in. I came in the seventies, but you came in the eighties. Starting parents, starting from scratch and building a life for themselves and for you guys. I, I. Look forward to following you on the on all the socials and seeing all the wonderful things you're up to. I wish you the best in this whole running for a school board. I'm sure it's not easy adding that to the mix of all of the things, but I love that you're doing it. And I really thank you and wish you all the best.
1: Thank you very much, Farnaz. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to share my story with everyone. Yeah. Thank you.
0: As I said before, guys, it's not always easy going against the grain, but it makes for great stories when you do. So get out there and live your truest and most authentic life. And I will speak to you all soon. Be well. Thank you so much for spending a little time with me today. And for once, I'd really like to know what people think. So please follow, download, submit a rating and review on iTunes and share us with your friends. To learn more about how I followed my gut and went way against the grain, visit my website, sofennel.com.